I'm Ashley Baxter, the founder of With Jack. And after so many years helping freelancers stay in business, I'm no stranger to the kinds of problems you face. But freelancing doesn't mean having to face these problems alone. In a lot of these situations, there is help available. I'd like to share these stories with you so that you can be a confident freelancer. My client doesn't think she got what she paid for. Another episode of Unsure Insure, another story about a project gone wrong. And this story involves the usual benchmarks of a bad project. Client ghosting, unfavourable payment terms and an unwieldy project scope. Let's dive in. My client was delighted with the logo I designed and asked me to update her website with the new branding. I suggested she needed a new website, but she insisted on simply updating the branding. I quoted her for updating the website, which I said I'd add to the invoice I was going to send for the logo. I updated the website with the new branding, but she changed her mind. She now wanted a redesign. I'd already updated the website, but I agreed to absorb the cost of this because I wanted to be nice. The website changes she originally wanted were a little lower than what I charged for a deposit to design a new website, so I agreed to incorporate the original quote into the cost of the new website. After the deposit had been paid, I started work on the redesign, but I stopped hearing from my client. Four weeks later, she contacted me to say she'd changed her mind about the redesign. Again, I told her she could pay the original quote and I would refund the remaining balance of the deposit, despite being non-refundable as per my contract. Instead of a refund, she asked if I could do a few extra pieces of work to the website instead. I ended up investing more hours than I expected into this project, and I explained that I'd worked extra hours that I hadn't billed. Eventually, we completed the project and I transferred the website to her, minus the new design, because that wasn't paid for and she decided against the redesign. I deleted the design because I believe she didn't want it, but this week she asked for the new design because she thinks she's owed it. My client doesn't believe she got what she paid for. In hindsight, I probably wasn't clear about what work she should be getting and what she'd paid for. I'm worried she'll file a claim against me. So this situation can be summarised as the client feeling like they haven't got what they paid for, which may or may not be true, that's not for me to decide. But this is definitely the most common cause of professional indemnity claims that we see it with Jack. It's clients not feeling like they've got what they paid for, and that can either lead to claims for loss of income, or refusal to pay your invoice, and even demands for compensation to hire other freelancers. We've seen all of those situations. So let's take a look at where this project went wrong, and then we'll talk about the role insurance could play in helping this freelancer. The project didn't get off to the best start, in part due to the unfavourable payment terms. This freelancer, maybe due to having an existing relationship with this client, invoiced after work had been delivered to the client. For example, the logo had been delivered and the website updated to the new branding, but the invoice hadn't yet been issued. Invoicing after you've delivered work is a recipe for disaster. It can lead to non-payment or similar to this situation, which I will elaborate on later, it can lead to the client changing their mind about what work they want. A sign that problems 
were on the horizon was the client going off the radar once the project was underway. The freelancer didn't hear from their client for four weeks, by which point the client had changed their mind about the direction they wanted to go in with the redesign. If there were payment milestones and an initial payment had been made up front, the freelancer could then revise the budget based on the new direction and adapt the time frame and scope. To ensure clients are incentivized to stay on track, consider adding a pause clause to your contract. If a client goes off the radar, you'll put the project on hold after some time has lapsed. That time will be stated in your contract, of course. And when the client reappears, the project will be rescheduled based on your current workload and availability. This encourages clients to stick to the original timescale and not mess you around. The freelancer mentioned absorbing costs and even doing extra work for free in a bid to be nice to their client. Now, I'm all about being nice. I've built with Jack on the ethos of being helpful and nice to customers, but doing extra work for free is an invitation to being taken advantage of. We've already had this client ghost the freelancer for a month and chop and change their mind. So why does the freelancer reward that behaviour by doing extra work for free. That is setting an expectation that you're open to doing more of the same, allowing them to change their mind without revising budgets, doing extra work for free. Good client relationships are important. Keeping clients happy is important, but you can nurture those relationships while still running this like a business. After the client changed their mind, again, about the redesign, the freelancer offered to refund their deposit despite their signed contract stating the deposit is non-refundable. Well, that's exactly why we accept deposits and have these clauses in our contracts. If a client cancels the project or changes direction, at least you've received some financial compensation for the work that you've put into the project. Backing down on the terms agreed in your contract makes everything else negotiable and that is a dangerous situation. I'm not going to focus on the spec too much because I feel like I feel like I highlight the importance of a solid project scope in every single episode. But the scope of work is all over the place. You know, there's the logo, then website updates, then a redesign, then no redesign, then more website updates. This should have been planned and budgeted for in advance of the project beginning. But all of this indecisiveness led to the freelancer working hours that she hadn't necessarily billed for. Now, while some projects will naturally evolve, it is a good idea to work with your client beforehand to establish as much of the project scope as possible. And that way, if the client sees that something they want isn't included, like the cost of updating their website with the new branding, you can amend the scope and budget and get everybody on the same page. Lastly, the freelancer eventually deleted the design due to the client saying they didn't want it anymore. I would consider putting it in your terms that you'll hold on to client files for a specified amount of time before deleting them. Um, This just means you're better protected if a client does come back after a period of time asking for assets. I used to be a freelance photographer and 
I did have wedding clients approach me four, five, six years after photographing their wedding asking for their files. But in my contract, it said I would hold on to files for three years. And after that, it's their responsibility to have copies and backups. We learn a lot from these projects. We, we do. They teach us what red flags look like so that we can avoid them in the future. And the truth is that if you freelance for long enough, there will be bad Apple clients or projects that don't run smoothly, hence why you have insurance, hopefully. There will be clients that you are lenient with because you trust them or projects you think are small, easy jobs so you don't go to the hassle of writing up a spec or having a client sign a contract. So I hope I didn't sound harsh with this freelancer, but let's look at how insurance could help. The freelancer said she's worried her client will make a claim against against her. Um, Currently, there is no claim. The client hasn't made a legal threat. The client hasn't asked for compensation or damages. And because there is no legal threat or request for damages, it wouldn't trigger the professional indemnity policy just yet. However, It is probably worth notifying the insurer that you have a client that isn't happy if you do have a gut feeling that it might escalate. The product that would be likeliest to assist at this stage where there is no claim is legal expenses insurance, which is designed to provide advice and assistance from legal experts if there is a dispute. The first thing that I would do in this situation is phone the legal advice helpline. This helpline is designed to provide expert advice before a problem arises. So they might give you some pointers on how to handle this client dispute so that it doesn't escalate into a full-blown claim. You can phone the legal advice helpline if you suspect that there's an issue that may lead to a claim, which is exactly what's happening in this situation. And the helpline can provide practical advice to guide customers through a problem. And if things do escalate, the helpline can initiate the legal process and pass those details through to the claims team. I'm not going to go into the situation any further because the freelancers kept things pretty vague. They think their client isn't happy with the work they've received and they think they may bring a claim against them. So the best place to start is with that legal advice helpline and having a a chat with the legal experts to get some tips and advice on how to resolve the situation so that it doesn't become a claim. To recap, you have a better chance of avoiding these situations if you have proper payment terms instead of invoicing for work after it's been delivered, which gives the client a chance to change their mind. You can avoid these situations if you have stricter measures for dealing with clients who ghost you or go off the radar, causing disruption to the project. Consider a pause clause to incentivize clients to stay on track. Don't fall into the trap of absorbing costs or offering to do extra work for free because many clients will capitalize on that and take advantage. Stick to the agreed terms in your contract because if one area is compromised then the client may feel the contract isn't valid and can be negotiated further or abused. Plan and budget the project scope as best as possible prior to a project kicking off, giving your client the chance to see exactly what they're getting and make any changes to budget and scope if need be prior to the project kicking off. 
And lastly, specify how long you'll retain client files or assets for before deleting them. But if you do find yourself in an awkward situation where there as yet is no claim, phone the Legal Advice Helpline, which is part of your legal expenses insurance, for practical advice to guide you through the situation. And if things do escalate, the helpline can initiate the legal process and pass those details through to the claims team. If covered, they'll provide legal assistance in the form of a solicitor to help you defend the claim. I'm Ashley, the founder of With Jack. Thank you for listening to Unsure Insure. If you enjoyed the episode and you did learn something new, then tell a friend and leave a review. 